I feel like I live in a plane of eternal stonedness. Stoneness. Stonedness. <laughs> Would you like to try that one more time? This is by the ounce. Hey everybody, long time no speak. This is David. And this is Jenny. And you're listening to By the Ounce. Today we talk about infused kombucha. Plus, we'll talk about Volume 2, Issue 1 of the Ounce Print Magazine. And we wonder how much do THC levels really matter. open today david oh we're gonna give a try to some kombucha which i'm pretty excited about and i bet you are too i am i am a little bit of a self-professed kombucha nerd not only do you drink it well you make it yourself too i do i do we drink we make a lot of kombucha in this house actually now early on in legalization jenny and i did some experimentation with making our own infused booch we made a uh, sugar, I believe. How do we do it? I it was a syrup. A yeah, syrup. Simple, a simple syrup. syrup. And uh, it's a little time consuming and kind of hit and miss. So to be able to purchase booch that's done for us rather than us having to infuse it ourselves is a bit of a treat. True. Yes. However, that was a really fun experiment. And you can still, I believe, find that on theance.ca if you want to dig around, see that piece that we wrote way back in the day that's a throwback for some ogs if you've already <laughs> seen it well you make awesome booch well, that's sweet of you to say i'm a little bit i guess of a kombucha like hipster i started brewing kombucha before a lot of people even knew what it was um for those of you if you don't know uh kombucha is a fermented tea beverage so it's it's kind of a little little sour little little bubbly um, but, uh, it's got all those good, like microbials are supposed to be good for your guts and stuff that come along with anything that's fermented. Um, but yeah, so when you make it at home, I really just brew up some, some loose leaf tea and throw in some, some organic sugar. And then you mix in some, some older, uh, kombucha for like starter and a SCOBY, which is a bit of a, an interesting experience dealing with scobies a lot of people don't really like them a lot of people get very squeamish around scobies they're funny looking things i have said before and it's probably the best way to describe it that i know of is if you've ever been to like the vancouver aquarium and had a chance to pet the little manta rays it feels just like that kind of slimy kind of slippery but like with some like heft to it so what does the scoby do exactly well the scoby is like a mat 
of um well SCOBY stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast so it's actually an acronym um so yeah it's a it's a mat of like the biological stuff the 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 bacterias and the yeast uh and it also helps kind of create like a it, it builds a protective film over the top of of your brew creating an anaerobic environment so meaning without oxygen so it kind of seals the oxygen out and that's where a lot of the fermentation happens it's sort of below that scoby seal and you call it a mat but if you've never seen a scoby at home you may want to picture more like a pancake is a little bit what it looks like a brownish pancake that's kind of slimy yeah Exactly. You got it. <laughs> but you don't drink that part of it. Yes. Though sometimes you can get little little bits of scoby film in your in your booch. Um, some people like to just suck it back. I will usually. David does not like to do that. <laughs> he thinks it's gross. But I do love kombucha. It's been an acquired taste. Often the first time that people try it, they kind of go, oh, this is is somewhat unfamiliar. I'm not quite sure what to make of this. But after you have a little while, uh, you get used to it. And it, not only do you get used to it, you actually really start to enjoy it. It's got this nice bitter tang to it uh, that takes on whatever flavor that uh, you add to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it really can depend on what um, brand, if you're buying like commercial kombucha, what you start with. Um, and a lot of them use like juices. So it's like this, some of them are almost like a, a bubbly juice, but with that sort of fermenty tang, um, others are a little more low key. It kind of depends on what you're looking for too, but the different brands are, are really different. Um, one of my, you know, more favorite brands of commercial kombucha would be rise um they have really yummy flavors though my favorite flavor they don't make anymore so that's sad but uh um, or brew doctor out of the states i really enjoy as well so we're going to give a try to a couple of cannabis kombuchas this booch is from see impromptu we have the one-to-one blue magic lemonade you can't see through the bottles, so we've got to guess at the color until okay, we so actually I'm, crack it open. My guess was going to be that they had like pea flowers in it because pea flowers make things like sort of blue purple. But they've actually what they've they've got what they call organic blue magic, you know, powder, which is a spirulina product. So I'm guessing it's got like a blue like algae, um, but it's supposed to be good for the guts, which is why they often put it in kombucha. Um, but then the other the other uh, variety that we have is the CBD goji grapefruit kombucha. Which one do you want to try first? Oh, it's a uh, dealer's choice. Take a pick. Let's let's start with the lemonade. Oh, I was a little worried it was going to explode on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the uh, here's the. I really can't think of words today. Like it's, it's not good when you're recording a podcast. No, it's not. It's a, we're having a lazy Sunday around here, so that's how this goes. It's maybe a little bluish. It looks it's it looks blue from here. Yep, yep. So there you go. This one's oh. yours, sir. Jenny just poured me pretty much the smallest oh. glass. Cake okay, boohoo. Fine. <laughs> Pouring a little more. Not sure how much you were gonna want. Oh, it definitely smells lemony. 
Mm, it does have a nice booch smell to it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, it's got that sweetness, but with that little bit of tang on the back end. That's this nice. is really good. I'm having a hard time not sipping it, just chugging it down. It's delicious. I mean, not to, I guess, toot my own horn, but one of my favorite booches to make myself, generally speaking, is is a lemonade-style booch. So usually I'll do um, lavender and lemon. Uh, and this definitely has me thinking about my own booch and it is very like similar levels of flavor which which obviously means is my favorite because that's how I make it (laughs) but I would I would definitely drink this anytime all the time you don't get that like oily feeling too Mm -mm. necessarily that we've had with some drinks no no and we the whatever it is they use for their cannabis emulsion is certainly one of the ones that doesn't leave that bitter flavor in your mouth i would drink this again absolutely all right shall we move on to the grapefruit you just want to finish that one. Oh, it's so good i'm i'm just admiring it through the glass all right, next up, the grapefruit goji. They do have that bit of that milky look, which is not uncommon with cannabis-infused beverages. Um, however, I wouldn't say it necessarily detracts from the appeal, and especially if you're drinking out of the bottle. The bottles are the brown glass, which is very common for kombucha to be bottled in, especially if they're not pasteurizing it and maintaining the... the uh, microbial mix in there this one is a gentle pink color it doesn't have as much smell as the last one true though a little sweet little sweet little fruity oh it's it's good that's a more of a complex flavor to it yeah, absolutely. It was not really what I was expecting. I'm not maybe even exactly sure what I was expecting now that I've tasted it. Um, but I, I really like it. I may even like it more than the lemonade one, which is not what I was being not being what I was expecting. This definitely has more of like the the tea flavor, I think. Yeah. Like that one definitely the other one, the lemonade one definitely felt more like kind of just like a lemonade, whereas this I feel is a little more true to a kombucha flavor profile. I'm a beer drinker and I really do enjoy kombucha because it has that, um, the carbonation and perhaps the bitterness that you would get with beer. I find it to be a familiar and a comforting drink. Well, I would highly recommend both of these kombuchas. Uh, I think they're a great one to get started with if you're just kombucha curious or if you are an old hand, I think you'd also get a lot of enjoyment out of them. I think they'd be great to sip on a on a warm summer's day to just chill out and relax. I feel like we'll probably have these in our fridge again. Ditto. <laughs> I love watching the bubbles rise. I'm not stoned yet. <laughs> Though you might think so, saying something like that. I feel like I live in a plane of eternal stonedness. 
stoneness, stonedness. <laughs> Would you like to try that one more time? Jenny, I'm holding in my hands something that's hot off the press. Volume 2, issue 1 of the Ounce magazine. You may have seen it in stores. You may have seen it online. It's got pineapple buds on the cover, and Jenny and I had the opportunity to tour pineapple buds with Kyra and Lane. It was my first cannabis micro-grow tour. It was pretty cool and exciting. What stood out to you the most? I I just genuinely enjoyed um, meeting and getting to know Kyra and Lane. They're both delightful people and they have such passion for what they do. And I think that they what they are doing is amazing. And I can see that they're going to go on to continue to do even more amazing things. So, you know, it's that whole the people, the people behind the scenes, behind the bud. I always am intrigued um, and I think they're just doing really cool stuff there. Like it was really not at all, I guess, what I expected. And I, in large part, it's how they grow. Yeah, Kyra and Lane have a 10,000 square foot deep water commercial cannabis space. That's located in Oliver, which also happens to be the wine capital of Canada. That's what Oliver says anyway. Tons of wineries in the area. So they're uniquely positioned for Farmgate. The facility is beautiful and tidy and open spaced. Um, mind you, we did see it when the plants were a lot smaller. I'm sure that as they grow and those buds start to fatten up, that they really start to take up a bit more space. Yeah. With that, the water system that they use, I think, you know, their, their pineapple buds brand really works well because it feels like a tropical paradise in their in their mother room it was just like I could have hung out in there and felt like I was on a vacation it was smelled lush and green and it was kind of humid and warm I would have been happy to pull up a chair and just hang out (laughs) I I love the atmosphere I thought it was it was really friendly and they're very welcoming I mean heck there were there were cookies on the table that, that was made by one of their parents. I can't remember which. Because Kyra's mom. Kyra's she mom. Said, oh. Yeah, fresh made, homemade cookies there to greet us. Um, you know, great pineapple themed wallpaper. Um, just lots of little details. You know, there the the scrubs that they wore uh, had pineapple buds embroidered on. Um, you know, the the upper left side. It was really cool place to go and visit and just a really neat location next Mm -hmm. to the district wine village yeah absolutely it's it's such it almost feels like you're going to a whole different like country going down to the south (laughs) okanagan like that it's it's so different than you know we are up here in lake country and it's it's really lush and it's really mountainous like i'm looking out the window at you know a mountain filled with trees and down there it's it's a little more a little a little more you know deserty and it's it's a very different vibe um but i think it's like it really lends itself well to what they're doing and and you know their space just fits right in you know it's really really great to get 
another copy of the magazine out. This is the sixth one in total. And so many different people have been part of this project. Photographers, writers, uh, advertisers, of course, are part of the reason why we're even able to, to put this out. So it's uh, one of the things that I hear quite often from people who um, read the magazine is that they're they're grateful to have a resource that they know is credible, um, that they enjoy reading, and something that they can hand to friends who may not necessarily be familiar with cannabis as uh, an example of what they might try um, and just, you know, an educational tool. So, you know, thank you. Thank you to everybody who helps us put this out. It is a lot of work. Um, you know, it's a lot of hours go into this that are really volunteer. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a passion project for us. That's for sure. And a big shout out to our uh, graphic designer, Christine. She has done so much amazing work to help make, you know, our magazine look even better than what it has before. Um, Oh, you know what else I've heard about the magazine, David? Remember when we've been in shops, we've had people, which I guess maybe this is something I feel a little, a little flattered and a little more like I need to really consider my reviews is that we've heard that there are people who will pick up our magazine and look at what we've reviewed and then buy those products because they're like, well, if it says it's good in the ounce, then it must be good enough for me. So that was a, a little eye opening about how much, you know, influence writing things like reviews can really have. But I think it's super cool. And I hope that you guys, you know, appreciate our insights and, and the fact that we do try all these products and, you know, we have this crazy cannabis cover to, <laughs> to bring all that to you. It's we have definitely tried a lot of products across the legal market and don't take our word for it. We're only two people and everyone has different tastes. You can also hop on to Reddit, which I find to be a great resource. There are a few subreddits that are dedicated to legal cannabis and people sharing their thoughts and insights on what they picked up, as well as pictures. In case you're curious of what's inside that jar, you can check out R the BCCS. The B-C-C-S. Nailed there it. Is. Uh, that's actually a subreddit that I moderate. And uh, the R, the O-C-S, which is dedicated to Ontario consumers, is uh, real active, real bumping, great form. Uh, R Rec Picks and R Canadian Cannabis LPs, also excellent resources. I think one of my favorite things in the magazine, I love to do the fun and game section. Uh, in volume one, issue five, actually created my very first crossword puzzle. Love it or hate it. I've heard both. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a little bit on the challenging side and maybe some of those clues are a little bit, uh, eclectic in knowledge. Now this time around in volume two, issue one, we've got, uh, can you decode these cannabis strains? And we've used emojis um, to, uh, to, to highlight 20 different types of weed. And uh, I do enjoy watching other people try to decode them. It's very fun to see what they come up with, especially people that don't necessarily, uh, buy a lot of weed. So it's, it's fun to, uh, to hear their interpretations of, of these emojis. Yeah. As soon as I handed a magazine to, uh, 
to a friend of mine and she just kind of flipped through real quick and she got to that page and she's like oh what this is so fun and you know was really excited about it so it seems to me that this has been a popular fun and games entry so i'm sure we'll have to pop it up again but i mean you know it's these little things that uh make our magazine a little bit of fun i think now, I also want to mention the Overgrown Homegrown story. It's written by a reporter named Don Plant. Don and I have worked together for a long time. He's the courts and crime reporter at the Daily Courier. He was. He's retired now. In a lot of years, he spent uh, writing about cannabis from a different perspective, um, pre-legalization. So he gets into how much homegrown there is and uh, what that means for legal cannabis. He was curious about whether or not there are people who are even buying weed because there seems to be such a, a large glut of homegrown out there. And his conclusions might just surprise you. Yeah, we grew a couple of cannabis plants one year. That was a really fun experiment. Betty and Boop. Yeah, it's too bad we can't grow more. It was honestly just fun for the whole experience and just to let, you know, not that we got a little bit of bud and it was all right, but that wasn't even the, I think the biggest goal at that point. It was really just to, to kind of go through that process mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean... I guess that's the same reason that I brew booch and the same reason that, you know, you'll bake a batch of cookies is just sometimes it feels really good to take something from, you know, its most basic state. And in that case, it was just a couple of seeds and put them in a in a pot of dirt and see what happens. So, you know, just to to see a a process and and nurture something and and take it all the way through, Um, you know, and actually, you know, to really circle and wrap a lot of this stuff up. I mean, that's really what Cairo was saying too about, you know, what they do with their, they're growing at, at pineapple buds. It's the same thing where it's just, you know, they take, they take these little baby plants and they, they nurture them and they grow them and, and cultivate the bud to, to do the best that they can and bring that beautiful craft product to market. You know, it's just, it's, I think it's, it's part of the human existence, just wanting to, to nurture and grow and, and share, share what we have. Well said. Oh, thank you. (laughs) One of my favorite things about Kyra and Lane and Pineapple Buds is their story. They both have a really interesting background with sports and they met pretty early on in their, uh, in their lives. And they came together to make a really cool cannabis company. And that's one of the things that I just, I love about this industry. It's so varied and people who are growing or selling or who are part of the industry are so different and so unique. I mean, yeah, I think, again, it just the cannabis industry, I've always believed really, really does bring people together. Um, And I think the longer that legalization is around, the more the stigma will be, you know, removed and it will just only continue to be more and more like that, that more and more people will be more willing to share about their experiences and, and pass a joint around at a party or, you know, (laughs) however that looks. Um, And I think it's, it's, it is building and will continue to build some really unique and interesting communities. And we're going to talk a little bit today about THC. 
And one of the biggest pet peeves that a recent survey of bud tenders found was that their least favorite question from customers that come into the store is what is the highest THC product you have for the cheapest price? That seems to be something that the consumer market is very interested in, is high THC products that are low price. And I think that if that's what you're looking for, you're missing out. Absolutely. I mean, case in point, I feel, is these kombuchas we just tried. Uh, the, the one-to-one is only 5 and 5 THC to CBD, and then the other is only, you know, 2 milligrams of THC to 20 CBD, um, you know, and they're delightful products. And, you know, like I said, I'm already feeling the Zen vibes from from the CBD. So, you know, it does depend, I suppose, on what you're looking for. But like I said, I think you can really miss out on some really good stuff if all you're looking for is that, like, crazy high THC hit. Something I'm not seeing very much, is it really anything that's below 20% THC? Now, my favorite place was somewhere around 14 to maybe 18%. Uh, when Reddies came out, my favorite ones were the Shishka Berries. I think they were just over 12% THC and no one was buying them because they were just over 12% THC. Everybody was going after, you know, the the mid-20s. And we're not seeing a great variety of flower when it comes to that. I think that the next, the next thing that I would really like to see on the market for anyone that's, that's growing out there is a very high CBD flower that's high in terpenes. Something that's, that's going to make my mouth water with the smell. Um, I think that there's only maybe five different options right now on the market for high CBD flower. And that's a, that's a bit of a shame. True. I mean, and even, you know, me being the, the newbie baby cannabis user over here, uh, you know, I almost feel left out when it comes to flower. Uh, so often I just, you know, I look at a package and I just go, like, I mean, if I want to go to like straight to the moon, sure. Uh, but you know, that's not always what you want. It's not even maybe often what you want. Like, let's be real. David and I are parents and, you know, even if the kids aren't around, we still are responsible for them. And so that, that is something that, you know, I consider anytime I'm, I'm using and, you know, even just more one-to-one type flowers where we've got that THC balance with CBD. I find that I really enjoy my high so much more when I have more of a balance, I think because, you know, I don't get quite so THC like paranoid or like weird it you know the CBD kind of keeps keeps the mellow happy vibes around a little more and I think for so many people now that legalization is here who may not have wanted to use cannabis would be interested now but again these big numbers are kind of scary and can give a you know if you go too hard too fast it can kind of scare you off so you know, don't forget about the, the the new cannabis users. Not everybody's been smoking since the 70s and wants to get blazed every day. <laughs> and not only are those big numbers scary to some people, they don't necessarily paint an accurate picture. 
I've smoked flour that's close to 30% and you felt pretty good, pretty high. And then I've smoked flour that's 20% and have barely been able to function. So (laughs) whether that's a failing with the lab or it just goes to show that uh, different different flour that's grown different ways with different care and different different methods, um, different terpenes can have a, the same effect as, you know, a very high THC flower. And don't get me wrong here. I do love high THC also. I, there are times where I reach for the highest that I can find because I know that's where I want to be at that time, but that's not always where I want to be. No, no, that's, that's true. That's true. And that's why I just sometimes make a salad. however i think i might have to bust out some of our pineapple bud stuff because i did have a little sampling a little while ago and it's so tasty they really grow some tasty tasty bud off the smells the smells are off the charts beautiful sweet like fruity absolutely jenny this is awesome It's been so long since we've recorded a podcast and I forgot how much I enjoyed it. You know what? Yeah, me too. And we have been hearing from a number of you. We we have heard you. I promise that we knew you missed us. And you know what? We've missed it too. So we're happy to be back. Well, until next time. Have a good one.